Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Hello and welcome to episode 116 of Slam Fire Radio for July 20th, 2015. I am one of your hosts, uh, Trevor the Frolatte. Uh, oh, I'm glad you figured out who you were. It took you a minute, but well, then it took it me 14, 14 tries to get the intro right, and I'm not even sure if it's right. And you're not even sure what your name is anymore, really. Oh, no. Been 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 too long since I did this podcasting thing. I can't remember how to how to work it. It's been like ten days or something like that, or eleven maybe. It's so, crazy. Uh, yeah. Not the usual seven that it usually is. Yeah. <sighs> yes, and I'm Matthew, and uh, and we are back a little bit early. We we did say we wouldn't be back until you know Thursday, but you know it's Tuesday. Actually, it's Monday, but by the time you hear it, it'll be Tuesday. And Owen's on assignment. He's he's on assignment. Yes. Yeah. Much. Yes. Yeah. He's not here. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you uh, jump in there, Matthew, and tell us what you did in this last 10 days with guns. Okay. Um, actually, I'm going to start off with today because it's fresh in my mind. and I didn't write it down on my list, and if I don't say it now, I'll forget. So uh, a friend of Matt's from oh, – gosh, where's he from? Like somewhere in the States. Delaware? No. Like, no, it's not Oklahoma. Anyway, he's from the States somewhere, and he's up visiting Matt up here in Canada – and so I took him to the range and, you know, another typical Canadian taking Americans out to the range. But uh, Matt and I went, went out with him and shot uh, the Glock and my little 22 pistol, the Beretta, the AR and the 795. Uh, a lot of fun. Um, just a, another typical day at the range shooting guns and, and having a good time. Uh, so, yeah, that was fun. So, so shout out to Andrew and to Matt there for going to the range with me today and, and having some fun. Um, I finally finished the Savage Mark II FVSR video review. So I know I've been talking about that for a little while and I've had the gun for quite a while, but I finally finished the video review so you can check that out on my Matt YouTube channel. Um, you know, I, I shot that, the, the video review and if you watch to the end, you'll see that after I was done, um, the, the last day of shooting that I, that I had gotten footage for, I shot the 795 just for fun, you know. Uh, just because I like shooting the 795, and I was shooting groups just as good as the uh, the Savage was with the 795 at the same distance. <laughs> so I'm I'm just I'm not entirely sure why I keep experimenting with different 22s. I've, the 795 just seems to be the one that likes me, and I like it, and it likes the ammo that I like, and and all this and that and the other thing. And I just I don't know. I'm I'm just very happy with it, and I I I got the Mark II expecting even better accuracy and you know s- super superior performance and it just it just it's, it's sort of on par it you know the groups overall on average are a little tighter the 795 is you know the groups are a little bit larger but by a little bit i mean we're talking the difference between 0.6 and 0.7 inches which really is when you're not when you're not uh you know precision target shooting it's not that big a deal no, there are other bolt-action rifles that aren't going to be 
keeping up to your FVR as well as your Marlin 795 is. Yeah, it, uh, it it just blows my mind every time I shoot it. And I did have it out at the range today, and, and we were all shooting it, and everybody was very happy with how accurate it was. It's, it's just a lot of fun. It's just a great little gun. And the thing about the Marlin is you can get excellent accuracy with just 555 bolt pack stuff. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Eh? That's the ammo that I use. It's the cheapest ammo that I can find, and it produces phenomenal results. Yes, you know, you do get the occasional dud with that because it's bulk pack ammo, it gets jostled around, the primer, you know, gets separated from the rim sometimes. But that's a pretty small price to pay, I think. It, well, and, it. and consider this. Your Merlin with the bulk pack ammo will shoot more accurately than your bolt action rifle with the bulk pack ammo. The only way for your bolt action rifle to be accurate is to put premium rimfire ammo through it. That's it. And I have put premium rimfire ammo through it. Um, and even the really expensive stuff, Ely 10X, even that stuff was not fantastic. The best stuff that I've put through it is standard velocity, uh, CCI standard velocity. Now, here's the problem with that. The lube on the CCI standard velocity gums up the chamber, and I was getting failed to extracts. I'd cycle the bolt, and the shell wouldn't come out. And I, a couple of times, if I wasn't watching, I'd jam, you know, then I'd, I'd get a double feed. Mm. And so it gums it up. I had to actually clean out the chamber regularly just to keep the CCI standard velocity running through it properly. It produced fantastic groups. I mean, we're talking, uh, that stuff was, was shooting less than half an inch at 50 yards fairly consistently. Not every single group, but fairly consistently less than half an inch, which is one MOA, which is fantastic for a 22. But it didn't even work all that great because it kept, it kept gumming it up. I had to use the, the Blazer... Uh, the CCI Blazer, and that stuff worked really well. I mean, it's almost as good as the standard velocity, but it didn't come up the action, so that's why I sort of stick with it. I would um, get my hands on a bore brush, not a like a bore mop, mm-hmm. and um, take a cleaning rod, put it in the chuck of a drill. Polish the, the chamber? Yeah, coat yeah. the bore brush in um, the bore mop in some polishing compound and, and lap the chamber. That might help. Uh, Burns had a 1022 that wouldn't uh, extract um, uh, reliably, um, right. and that's what he did recently, and it cleaned it up very good. So, yeah, I might give that a try. It solved the problem, is what I meant to say. Yeah, yep. interesting. Mm. Well, um, while I was there, I did also shoot the Buckmark some more, mm-hmm. and I just, I, I, the uh, rifle you want to love but can't. Well, I sold it. Oh, it's gone. It's gone. It actually hit the mail today. I, I just I, I came back from the range. I I had it with me with the 795. Uh, oh, actually no, that's that's not true. I took it I took it alone to the range. Just it and me. I was like, this is this is your last chance, buddy. It's just you and me out here at the range. I brought all of its favorite ammo. I you know I said, look, this is your last chance, and put the target at 50 yards. And you know I am quite capable of shooting a half inch at 50 yards, and uh, I could not get that thing to shoot less than two inches. Wow, it just just was not was not happening. So that's too bad because it's such a nice rifle. It is beautiful. The wood on it is nice. I know you hate wood, but whatever. The finish, the parkerization, or whatever that you know, it's very mm-hmm. smooth. It's very uniform. The ergonomics are pretty good. You know, it's it, a couple of minor tweaks that I'd like to do to it if if uh, you know if I had been the one in charge of designing it. But, you know, whatever. It it was a pistol carbine, which carbine? Wow, I just said that. Carbine, 
which uh, you know I like just because it's a shorter action because you, you that action's right over top of your trigger instead of out in front like it is with a traditional rifle. So it was just a bit shorter. Yeah, you know, I just really liked it, but I just I can't I can't shoot something that's not accurate. Mm. So anyway, it's gone. Uh, speaking of inaccurate ammo, that wolf ammo that I got uh, to shoot uh, through my Glock, um, I had it out of the range today, and I thought I would uh, shoot a group. And I was probably 15 yards, so you know, a, a standard distance, not not too far, not too close. And I just stood off. Standard offhand. distance. Standard distance is seven yards. 15 okay. yards is 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 <laughs> stretching it way out there for some people. But well, uh, okay, well, whatever. I can I agree usually. With you. I yeah. I mean, at 15 yards, I, I can hit a pop can size target easily. So. Um, with a rock. With a rock. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was expecting a fairly good group. And I got maybe a 12-inch group with 10 shots at 15 yards, which I was like, this is not right, because I took my time and pressed the trigger perfectly straight every time. I was expecting, you know, two, three inches, maybe a little bit more than that. I'm not a, I'm not a fantastic shot, but I was expecting in that range, you know, definitely less than six. And it was like 12. I'm like, that's not right. So I stepped up. To, I went up to about seven, seven yards or so and shot another group and... Just, it was way larger than it needed to be. So I went up to, oh, the gun must have been, oh, must have been maybe 10 feet from the target by the time I stretched out my arm. And so I was, you know, the bullet holes should, there should have been one bullet hole at that distance. Mm -hmm. And it was three, four inches. Hmm. Well. That ammo is just not acceptable. Well, it's not acceptable in In my gun. gun. That's the problem with bulk ammo. You know, first of all, it's 124 grain. And um, which isn't that bad. I've shot 115 grain through that Glock before well, and gotten good results. Uh, hold on, we have to add somebody to the call. Stand by, Mr. Anderson. Hey, what's up, man? Oh, you just uh, you just crashing the show. So welcome. Yeah, we're oh. recording. Yeah. Oh, get out. So so kill, right. so kill your camera before you eat up all of our bandwidth. Oh, how do you do that? You uh, just you press the key. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I got and it. you know this isn't being edited because I don't edit anything. So welcome to the show, Chris Anderson. How you doing? I'm okay. Sweetie, Good. close the door. Because <laughs> none of this yeah. is being edited. <laughs> I know. All right, uh, you get it together while Matthew and I finish this little segment. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, my Glock prefers. I said, uh, sweetie, I was referring to Trevor. Oh, thanks, darling. Yeah, <laughs> it's all good. We're just discussing... Um, how poorly the wolf ammo out of uh, SFRC performed in Matthew's Glock. Oh. Yeah, but um, there's a couple of reasons why um, that we were just about to get into. Theories that I have. I have two theories. I, I, uh, I think I know one of them. I'm interested to hear the other, but go ahead and share them both. Um, one, the uh, Glock 17s, in my experience, prefer a 147-grain bullet over a 124-grain bullet. The mine always grouped best with 147. And second is um, you can actually tailor tailor the load to your pistol with regards to velocity, mm-hmm. uh, similar to uh, a rifle. Now, generally, we don't really bother too much because, especially action shooters, the yeah, we don't really care if it yeah. if it's pretty close. We're we're happy, right? We don't try and come up with the perfect power factor no. to to get. Uh, the, the perfect accuracy. accuracy. Yeah. We just we just make power factor and then we move on. There are some action shooters that are pretty much rolling up bullseye ammo, um, but that's that's certainly not you and I. No, so, I'm not in that league yet. You know, it could be that um, 
the uh, the bullet weight is too light for the twist rate in your barrel, and the velocity is also working against you. Could be. Kevin, and, and, the Kevin other... and Kelly loved that stuff, and um, Rick and Jess were down here. Rick was running it. Um, I found that it was overcrimped. That's what I was going to say. That's what I thought you were going to say initially, too, was I've heard that it's overcrimped, and sometimes that caused it to tumble, and I, I did get a couple like tumbled bullets. And so that's obviously where a lot of my inaccuracy issues are coming, but not all of them are tumbling, just some of them are. So the fact that it's inaccurate on top of that, I'm just going to have to find different ammo. And soon, because Summer Slam's coming up. Mm. So, better. Interesting. What do you think, Chris? Uh, what was the uh, malfunction or what was the the problem? It was, it was terrible accuracy. It's awful. That's yeah. it. No, no other malfunctions. Or no, no. Like no. Okay. Yeah, um, and uh, is it lacquer case ammo or is no. it just steel case? No, just or? regular it's, brass. It's remanufactured ammo. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's rolling it up himself and selling it under the brand name Wolf and uh, mostly out of SFRC as far as I understand. He may be selling it in other stores as well, but. Yeah, I don't have much experience with that. So, you know, I, I'm willing to go with, with your expertise as you guys do. Why I've never done reloading, so. I can't really comment too much on reloaded ammunition. Mm. Oh, so what right. brings you to the show tonight? Well, I have some interesting news. Oh. And uh, it's it's something that I think you should talk directly to other people about and maybe have them as guests on the show to discuss. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was at a place – well, I can tell you where I was because, you know, that's what I did with guns this week. So I was at a place called Firearms Outlet Canada, which is a brand-new store. It's at uh, 282 Monarch Avenue, which is out uh, in Ajax, Ontario. And uh, a great, nice little shop. Uh, they they sort of cater to the people who like Ipsic and like black rifles. They have some of the normal hunty shooty type stuff, too. There's some reloading stuff. They were selling presses. They had a really cool grand opening sale. They had uh, Wyndham uh, AR-15s for something like 550 or... Yeah, uh, by the time I got there, they were almost sold out. They only had two left. Um, they, they sold out of presses that day as well. They had ammo at unbelievable prices, uh, American stuff too, not the not just the cheap uh, surplus stuff. And they had a whole bunch of the uh, STIs and the uh, the different types of um, sort of your, your fancier type of approaching Ipsic race gun type guns. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was really cool. And a bunch of other people were there. The guy that you borrowed uh, that – Trevor, you borrowed a pistol, a Grand Power from a gentleman. Yeah, Dave Copping. He was there. Awesome. I so, think Bolivar uh, was there, too. Bolivar called me from a store a couple of days ago asking me about a particular ammo that he was going to buy. Yeah, uh, Peter Dawson was there as well. Wow. Uh, ran into a, a bunch of other people that I know from the forums and stuff like that. So that was really great. Peter uh, Dawson, I, for those that don't know, is 10X, of course. Yeah, yeah. and he took home the, the trophy for... Uh, <laughs> For wearing a kilt, so <laughs> good for him. Yeah, so it was nice to see him and, and some other folks I hadn't seen in a while. And uh, yeah, they're going to have some really. They actually they have some really cool products there. You should probably call them and talk to them about. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to be getting some really cool stuff in. I can tell you, it's Milserp. It's a Milserp type rifle. I can't say what it is yet. I'll have to have you talk to the importer first before you can tell everyone what they are and where they're coming from. And a semi-auto centerfire rifle of some description will be coming in in a decent quantity uh, that is otherwise sort of unobtainium in Canada. And I, I'll, I want you to hear it directly from the importer of, of what it is and where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. But uh, super exciting 
Like it's the kind of thing where I think all of you would want to buy one, and I'd buy one too. So that's interesting. What I and you're just going to leave it like that. You're going to leave it as a cliffhanger and not tell everybody what it is. Well, I was going to Skype you guys and then tell you to contact these people so right. that you can officially but, say it. But I don't think I'm officially allowed to break the news. Oh, you're not allowed to. No. That's what? why I'm leaving it oh, hanging. Oh, I see. What about this? What about you go do one of your famous interviews and we'll uh, we'll stitch it into one of our episodes? Yeah, we could we could try that. Yeah, or you guys could Skype them up. They, I asked them if they Skype, and they're like, "Oh yeah, for sure." And they know of you guys. Yeah. Oh, they wow. even said uh, they even said industry discount. Ooh, I so like I, the I sounds think, of that. Yeah, yeah. So I, th- I thought you guys would want to get in touch personally, especially if you want these rifles. Right. And I think you will. Well, so. What was the rifle again? Ah, <laughs> oh, good okay, try, well, though, right? Be, be sure to send us the contact information, either Facebook or whatever. And yeah, awesome. Well, that's something, some exciting news and a bit of a um, a bit of intrigue, if you will. Yeah, you're yeah. gonna hang out for the rest of the show. Sure, why not? Awesome. All right. Anything else uh, that you did this week? Uh, with guns, no. Just buying ammo and seeing the guys at the new store. That was the the biggest thing. Awesome. What about you, McClatchy? Anything else? Yes. Uh, you, you remember that groundhog I shot in the face? I do recall, yes. I shot another one. In the face? In the same spot, no less. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty close. Actually, it was only about 100 yards down the road from the from the other ones. But uh, same thing, driving along on the four-wheeler, and and uh, groundhog ran across a trail and then just stopped and just stood on the edge of a culvert and just stared at me. And so I sh- sh- shot him. In, in the face. Choice you have. <laughs> was it uh, was it uh, baby? It wasn't this time. No, it was a full size. So Tracy oh. doesn't have to feel so you know mortified that, that I shot a baby groundhog. Not this time. It was it was a full size groundhog. So, but it was like the the one that I was describing last week the, or, or a couple weeks ago. The the third one that I had hit the first time that just went flying. Same thing. Just it must have gone three feet like backwards. It just backflip and landed on its face. Just kind of. It's like, <laughs> it was funny. So anyway, <laughs> another groundhog down, another cow not going to break its leg. So There you it's, go. It's a community service. Really. It is a community service. I'm very... However, fr- I'm not sure you should take so much... Pleasure? Sick pleasure. In it. It's not sick pleasure. I'm 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 so happy the cows aren't going to break their legs is what it is. It's what it is. Okay. It, I'm yeah. sure of it. I'm sure of it. It wouldn't be that I don't like filthy, dirty, disgusting groundhogs and they all need to be shot in the face. It wouldn't be that at all. No. Except that it might might be. Might be. A little bit. You just uh, don't like ground beef. <laughs> huh. <laughs> I get it. I see what you did there. Because it's well, like you know, a groundhog. Because it can't move. It's, 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 you know, the cow is now immobile. It's yeah, ground when beef. he says, I see what you did there, yeah, that, that means, means I, don't have to explain. Yeah. No, okay. I just, you're, you're <laughs> from New Brunswick, so I thought I would, you know. Huh. I, I, and I also did buy another gun. Oh, what'd you get? Um, nothing interesting that Trevor's going to like, but maybe some of the listeners will. And actually, first, then. I, I think uh, Styx has one. I think. I'm not sure. But it's the Kiapa Double Badger. It's the combination combo rifle, 22 on top, 410 underneath. Oh, so well, that's nice. It's, it's like my Savage 24C that I used to have, and I really miss it, but they're unobtainium. You just can't get them anymore. Like They don't make them anymore. The Savage 42, in Ooh. my opinion. <sighs> Shut up, Trevor. Mute your mic. <laughs> The Savage 42 is sort of their, their, their answer to the 24. Like it's their new kind of plastic and, you know, updated modern over under 22 over, over 410. But here's the problem with it. First of all, I, I think personally, in my opinion, it's overpriced for what it is. And, and secondly, 
the barrel, the shotgun barrel has no choke in it. And there's nothing, in my opinion, more useless than a shotgun with no choke. So the uh, the, the double badger has a full choke, which uh, is what I wanted. So, um, oh, okay. So anyway. I didn't know the new Savage was it's cylinder bore. Or it's cylinder, cylinder bore. Yeah, four ten oh, wow. cylinder okay. bore is 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 effective. I believe out to three inches. <laughs> I think it's three inches, maybe seven inches. I can't remember which one or the other. But yeah. anyway, I was reading some reviews and looking at some pictures of some guys who were patterning their uh, double badgers with the four ten and full choke um, out to thirty five yards with uh, different shot shells that you know they had to kind of pick and choose and find ones that worked well. But out to thirty five yards, they were getting pretty decent groups, like pretty decent patterns. That's so, actually um, pretty amazing to have it pattern well at thirty five yards. I'm I was impressed. Yeah, the four yeah. ten's not traditionally known for you know anything beyond ten fifteen yards, but like if, guys, if you can get like a three inch or three and a half inch turkey gun to pattern at thirty five to forty yards, that's considered amazing. Oh, so, uh, I, my turkey gun I got out to sixty yards. Really? Yeah. Wow. So that's, it, that's yeah, pretty awesome. I, I think I think shotgun technology has come a long way. Kind of like the nine mil. People always poo poo the nine mil because it wasn't powerful enough. Well, yeah. except that the technology's come so far that now it actually is effective. I think maybe something similar is happening with shotguns and even the the the, the minuscule 410 round. Yes, it's still just a little 410, but I think technology's come a long way where they can actually get some performance out of it now. It's still never going to replace a 20 gauge or or a 12 gauge ever. I mean, it is nothing more than a bird gun, you know, something, you know, within probably 20 25 yards, but you know, for what it is, it's actually going to be effective, I think. Oh, well, that's it's like a perfect walk in the woods gun for that's, you. That's what it is. You know, it's except that you just you're really loud and you scare all the animals away. That's what but. I do. <laughs> and there's some smell issues uh, at play as well, Chris. Oh, really? <laughs> there's got to be because when you know when he's not talking, they're still not coming. So yeah, there, yeah. There, there's some sort of issue there. It says says it's so. Who, how many how many groundhogs have you shot this year, Trevor? So far, I'm just curious. I didn't go for any. Yeah! Wow. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. And then on that awesome pun, Trevor, what did you do with guns this week? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, before I uh, I go into what I did, I want to uh, convey uh, one of Owen's ideas. If Owen was on the show this week, we'd be talking about this. He's not, so I guess we're going to talk about it anyway. But uh, uh, Owen had mentioned that we should, um, you know, definitely have a discussion about the gun dudes. Yes, and we should really talk to them and see what what is going on and why are they, why have they stopped? Because they hate us. It, it's, it's because they hate the listeners. I'm sure of it. Sure of it. And Tom so, Tom didn't even give us any sort of hint that anything was amiss when he was here in Canada. He kept that real secret. I, Tom, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. I'm, I'm, I'm hurt. I'm under the impression that it wasn't decided until like the day before the show came <laughs> out. It, it's better my way. So, for the listeners that don't know what we're talking about yet, the Gun Dudes aired their last episode, episode number 340. Uh, 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 Episode 1000. Okay, right. They called it episode 1000 to say they could get, so it was episode 1000. And also, I I distinctly remember one of them saying, well, we're not gone forever. Mm -hmm. We're going to come back occasionally. I don't believe it, but at least it gives me some hope. Yeah, exactly. So, so they they actually... They didn't just pod fade out of existence. They, they just, announced. They, they no, announced, they yeah. blew it yeah. up. Just boom, we're done. Yeah. Yeah. They, we they're hate all... you. You're annoying to the listeners. That's what they're saying. And then we're done. It's so what, in reality, now that you two are done going off on your, you know, <laughs> tangent. I'm not done um, yet. Well, let me know when you are. No. Okay, you're done. Okay. So 
they uh, unfortunately they're they're just a victim of work schedules. Um, Carl, they do all the recording at Carl's house. Carl has all the equipment. Carl does all the editing. Um, he has I all guess, the toilets too, right? No, 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 no. Uh, that's that's Koski. Yeah, oh, okay, so. right. So anyway, just due to uh, due to work schedules, you said due to make anymore. <laughs> due to schedules, that's with the toilets. <laughs> yeah. Most well, it's because of Carl's work schedule. Uh, really, Look, he, gun he dudes. A new job and. Isn't there a thing called a hot Carl that involves doo-doo? Uh, I, no, no, no. No, we're not going there. But I do want to okay. say, the guys, that there is Skype. Like yeah. they, could, they, could, they could do it like we do. They could mm-hmm. Skype these shows, but it wouldn't be the same. But no. Oh, did they insist on doing it in like the hot, sweaty basement? Yeah, like, they do that. In person? Yeah. But no, I do hear what you're saying, Trevor, and, and that is what, uh, what Carl was saying. He's got a new, you know, he's still with UPS, but he's, he's driving the feeder trucks now, and he's, he's yeah. now the new Stan. He, he kept falling asleep during the shows. Exactly. So they had to, had to wrap it up, basically. Yeah, and so. I mean, it was pretty awesome. In the last show, we were mentioned, Filthy was mentioned. You know the last Gun Dudes episode, they talk about Canadians, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, so they, they actually to... gave they gave Press Check Ventures a shout out. Exactly. <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> which was yeah. awesome. So I wanted to make sure that we you know show them some respect and and uh, Ooh, yeah. you know it, it's it's going to leave a hole. They were the benchmark. They were the show to copy. Yes, they were. <laughs> they encouraged yep. a lot of people to get into podcasting. A lot of shows stole their model. And they were kind of the benchmark that shows tried to live up to. A lot of people, a lot of other shows were compared to the Gun Dudes. Well, they're kind of like the Gun Dudes in this way. They're kind of like the Gun Dudes in well, that way. Yeah, that's what people used to call us, the Canadian Gun Dudes. Yeah. So they really, they really set the bar, and they did a, they did a lot to get pro gun podcasting off of the ground and inspire others to, uh, to get their own shows going. And they were, they were kind of trailblazers. So uh, I'm pretty sad to see them go. Hopefully, you know, it will come back in time. And I'm sure that hopefully they'll make appearances on Tommy's shows and other shows. So hopefully they're gone. But, you know, they're certainly not forgotten, that's for sure. But hopefully no. they're not gone forever. Yeah. Well, I mean, eventually the, Carl's got to retire, right? Yeah. And by so, then, Stan will definitely be retired. Well, Stan will be dead by then. Probably. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> I heard he died already, actually. Old age Twice. and whatnot. Twice or three times, yeah. yeah. I just um, remember you guys saying, Stan is old. <laughs> He's actually not. The man, like, just turned 50 last year. Which isn't that old, really. No. No, uh, not really. It's not old at all. So, yeah. But uh, um, uh, I thought that maybe, you know, we could tell some of our favorite gun dudes' memories and whatnot. And Malone's like, well... I didn't meet them. You you met them. Um, well, we all met one of them. We all met we, Tom. We had them on our show. Yeah. Well, we had them on, on Canadian Reload Radio as well. Yeah, we always wanted to do the same thing with Slamfire, but we just never got around to getting uh, them on. So, but. My favorite uh, stand memory is when we were at uh, Walmart. My glasses broke during Mag 40, and I just wanted to get some crazy glue and just glue them together until I got home and take them in the optometrist lab to get them repaired correctly. So we're in Walmart. And I went one way and he went another way. And so I go looking for him and I see him talking to a sales associate. And I'm all the way at the end of the aisle and he's, you know, down towards the back of the aisle with the sales associate. And I just stand there and I place my hands on my hips and I give him a stern look. And I said, Stan, Stan, come here. What did I tell you, Stan? I told you not to wander off. Leave the young man alone. Come on, Stan. Come on. It's time to take your medicine. Come on, Stan. <laughs> you weren't supposed to wander off like that. Now, come on. I just totally did that like right in front of everybody in the store. <laughs> it's like, nice. it's not even a podcast. We're open public and I'm doing it. My God. Uh, yeah. It's hard to turn it off sometimes. Yeah. Well, yeah. it was awesome. 
Yeah. So. Well, my favorite, I mean, I only met Tom, so I guess my favorite Tom moment, there's two of them really. One is listening to Gallon stories with him because that's just hilarious. And the second one is him reading uh, The Pigeon and the pigeon finds a hot dog at uh, on your deck there, Trevor, at your place last year. I can't remember. Is that a story? It's a story. Yeah, yeah the pigeon yeah. finds a hot dog. It, yep. Is that a children's book? It is. Yep. And See, every read time it we get together, with, Chris, with voices and everything he did. Every time we get together, Jewel brings some some stories and always reads to us. And uh, wow, Tom decided he was going to be Jewel this time. Yeah. It was it was pretty good. I, I've actually got it on video still. I should put that on YouTube. I'm sure you'd <laughs> you like totally that. should. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's the gun dudes. They're yep. Hopefully not gone forever. Uh, let's move on. What else did I do? I won the uh, June rifle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Challenge. You won something else. That's great. What else did you do? <laughs> There's a good story behind it, though. It's not that good of a story. Do you know the story behind it? I was there. You were there? No, I wasn't there. I was just hoping you'd go, oh, yeah, and then shut up and move on, but you didn't. <laughs> so it came down to me and another Canadian, and that Canadian was shooting a twenty-two, And so uh, he, had a, he had a good group, and I had a good group, and I got the nod because I was shooting a real gun, and he was shooting a twenty-two. so I won. <laughs> they, they, they factored in the fact that I was shooting a full power or a full... Uh, yeah, a forty caliber gun, and he was shooting a twenty-two. So my accuracy was harder to achieve than his accuracy. So, therefore, I got the win. Excellent! Okay Congratulations, yeah. Trevor. Thanks, man. No, cool story, that was the bro. pistol one. That was the pistol challenge, and and actually, you did deserve to win that. That was some really good shooting. You tried a lot of times, and you finally got a really good target. Yeah, it took me probably five or seven times before I was satisfied with the target. Yeah. So, uh, and then I got new people out to the range, you know, take somebody shooting. I did. We had a friend and friend of the family in, in the area f- visiting from Vancouver who's always up for something new. She had never fired any kind of gun before. Um, it's her father, actually, that I got the Kui Model 84 and the Savage Model 99 from. And so, uh, while she's down here on vacation, I took her out to the range and she shot an MMP and a My 597, I believe. She did really good. She took her target home with her. She had a lot of fun. And then I had my nephew out to the range. My nephew's only ever fired a twenty two with my father from like seven yards or whatever. So I brought him out with the um, – I had my STIAR on the bench, sighted it in, and the first shot – I said, see that steel plate all the way at the end of the range, 200 meters away, hanging on that stand? He's like, yeah. All right. Now I want you to try and find it in the scope. You see it? Yeah. All right, go for it. He hit it eight out of eight times. Nice. Having, yeah, having never shot a, a scope before, ever, <laughs> you know, so that was awesome. So I was like, all right. So then we got onto the handgun, and his grip was fine. I showed him how to grip his airsoft gun, so his grip was fine. His stance was a little, you know, he weighs like 41 pounds. <laughs> so I was trying to get him to, to lean into it and stuff. He did, he did good with that. But the highlight was I put him on the clock and gave him the AR, I gave him the uh, the Mark 18 with iron sights and a zombie target from 15 yards on the beep, lift the rifle from the low ready, disengage the safety, put one in the zombie's head. Wow. He was getting down to just under a second, making his headshots. Nice. 14-year-old kid, yeah. he's definitely It's definitely in the blood, I think, so I was pretty proud of that. And then I spent the, uh, the better part of the week on the range getting ready for a match. We had a huge level two match on Saturday, 10 stages. Uh, 202 rounds. We finally had a, well, 
13 shooters. It wasn't super, but anyway, it was better than the, the, the match we had in June with four shooters. So that was a lot of fun. Um, shot well, won. Oh, you uh, won another match, did you? Hmm. <laughs> won something else. Good. Keep keep going. Yeah. Uh, I think I beat Nick by 11 seconds. I think oh. that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> was it 11 seconds? No. That reminds me. <laughs> who, somebody beat you by 11 seconds in the IDPA match. Who was that? Oh, yes, that was me. That was you. Yeah, I'm so <laughs> glad I wasn't on that episode. Oh, my God. I, was get, I also got four, four or five Facebook messages from people about that. <laughs> and we had a yeah somebody yeah Greg who was at our match that's uh, later that's Saturday. later yeah yeah, yeah. so <laughs> so anyway no but the uh, and Nick got within seven percent of me so I told him yeah that's that's too close there'll be no, that's about he, enough for that yeah he needs to start practicing yeah yeah, yeah. well thankfully he doesn't so well, perfect uh, did some reloading this week too loaded up uh, some forty and some forty four Magnum Jay Hines came down to the uh, pair class and he brought me up. Literally a box full of 44 Magnum components, nice. brass and projectiles and stuff. So I did some some loading of that, some nice fancy hollow points, two different kinds of hollow points. So Ooh. yeah, really nice stuff. And then I got registered for the Nova Scotia Provincials, uh, the Ipsic Provincials. That's this weekend. I'll be traveling down with Mo and Matt Lorette and uh, another guy that we've never talked about on the show, so nobody will know who he is. So <laughs> <laughs> The mystery person. Yeah, and uh, set up my three-gun belt. Uh, I had all my belts torn apart to set up all the different guns for people that came to the charity shoot, so I put my three-gun belt back together. Do we have a three-gun match coming up? We do, yeah. Oh, It'll cool. be after the shock horse, and it's going to be not an Ipsic Grand Tournament. It's going to be an actual multi-gun where we, you know... Oh, good. I'm glad you made that decision, because that was... Yeah, it's yeah. more fun. It is more fun. So, uh, so what goes on a three-gun belt, as opposed to normal... Ipsic or IDPA belt. Well, the way we run them, because our stages incorporate all three firearms, you've got your your holster, um, a caddy to, well, unless you're Matthew, your shotgun shells go in your pocket, but <laughs> we've got a, a shotgun shell carrier, right. a mag pouch or two for a pistol, and a, a couple of mag pouches for uh, rifle. Now, if you go, if you're shooting like three gun nation stuff, um, you'll oftentimes have three belts. You'll have one inner belt, and then you'll have your pistol belt, uh, your shotgun belt, and your rifle belt. You'll carry three, actually carry three oh. with you because it's one gun per stage and the stages are longer. When so we you're do, not uh, obligated to carry your full allotment for every stage. Not for switch. them, no. Right. But for, okay. for what we do when Trevor sets up these, we shoot all three guns in the same stage at the same time. Which That is sounds like more fun. Way more fun. It is more fun. Yeah. Yep. You often, you know, we'll, we'll finish with your uh, or start with your handgun and try and make your way to your rifle is how I like to set them up. We had yep. one really cool one last year with uh, a full-size army tank and two armored personnel carriers. You started off at a table seated with your hands behind your back as if they were handcuffed and your pistol was on the table. On the timer, you grabbed your pistol, you shot the guard, put your pistol back on the table, ran to the first APC, pulled a handle, back door open, you took out your rifle, you shot some targets on the left with your rifle, dumped your rifle, went to the APC on the right, pulled a handle, the back door open, grabbed your shotgun, and then ran to the end and shot some steel plates with your shotgun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was. So uh, how many rifle mags and how many shells do you need additional well, to your couple of pistol mags? It would, uh, I mean, it would depend. Like if we incorporate all three firearms in one stage, it's usually like six rounds of one, ten of another. Okay, so it's not crazy. No, no. no. You usually yeah, got to do one reload. 
So then outburst. you don't even need like a chest rake or anything. You just no, no, just everything belt. on your belt. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sounds cool. And the round, the round counts for pistol or, or for <clears throat> if you're going by IPSC rules, the round counts for a, a long pistol stage would be 32. For a long rifle stage, I believe it's only 20. And it might be 20 or 24 for a shotgun. So even if you were running a rifle stage, so three 10 rounders or two Beowulfs, right, will we'll get you through. So what I do is I couple two Beowulfs together. And so I just, when one's empty, the other one's sitting right there on the gun. So my mag change is just pop, pop one out, pop one right back. And I don't even go to my belt. So, but that's if I know we're going to have one long rifle uh, stage. So. Uh, what else did I do? Oh, I got my uh, Iverse Max still not feeding. Uh, we took it out at your place, Matthew, and it ran great after I cleaned it that time. Yep. But shortly after that, it started to have the same problem. And so talking with uh, Osprey Ordnance and reading some stuff on um, AR15.com, when gunsmiths are welding the front of the lifter, that is taking away some of the stability that the shell needs to enter the chamber straight because that groove that that's in the front of the lifter actually centers the shell with the center of the chamber. Now we get that filled in and welded in so that we can load the gun quicker. Well, if that's not filled in, your thumb gets stuck and it's quite painful. Yep. So you get the weld, you get the lifter welded, but then you're losing that little additional support that centers the shell. Yep. And hmm. the right side of the chamber that's kind of cut away for the extractor is um, is very sharp and very blunt, and it's very easy for the round to hit the side of the chamber. So one of the fixes is knock it back, get out the Dremel, get out a, a, a grinding stone, and knock that edge back, and then polish everything nice and smooth. So that's what I did. I chopped, started chopping on my chamber today on my Versamax because why not so um and the metal was super super soft like it took no grinding at all and i was like removing a fair amount of material so now when the shell is going into the chamber you can clearly see that i've got it chamfered and and pushed back and uh all polished up nice and pretty so hopefully that in itself will solve the problem the other thing you can do is remove the lifter out of the trigger group put it in a vise and simply twist it a little bit and that will help keep the shell to the left and away from the edge of the chamber. Right. That's what I would have done. Yeah. Because uh, once you, you take the metal off, you can't put it back. That's true. But yeah. there's no, uh, I, you know, I did. But you like to do that stuff anyways. So. I, oh, yeah. I mean, I yeah. love working on my own stuff whenever I can. Some jobs are too, you know, too intimidating for me and I don't do them and send, send stuff away. But, you know, this looked pretty simple. And I didn't take too much off, right? Measure twice, cut once. I took off a little bit. It, it's uh, if I'm making it sound like I took off a huge amount, I certainly didn't. Um, so we'll see if how that runs. If it if it doesn't solve the problem, then I'll go to the lifter. I won't go chopping off more material because I think I took off everything that I needed to. And the, it was a it was a straight sharp edge, and I just took that edge off and kind of changed the angle a little bit to make it more like a funnel, so the shells would funnel in and not strike the side of the chamber. Well, hopefully so. that fixes it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You'll update us. So. Yeah. And so. then I worked on my NEA uh, mags, my um, uh, LAR 
fifteen, I guess, mags in seven point six two by thirty nine. Yeah. Filthy was up last. We were shooting surplus, and we the surplus was not running very well in those mags at all. We would take a mag that had just jammed with surplus and drop uh, Barnell's ammo into it, and the oh. same mag would suddenly run flawlessly. Uh, so it's the ammo then. Yeah, yeah. Not all yeah. ammo is created equally. So um, he found a video of somebody working on their 762 by 39 mags to try and increase the reliability. One was to um, knock the front of the mag down and and um, angle it so that the bullets don't hit the front of the mag on the way out, that there's kind of a ramp there that they can go up. So I did that on all of them, quick little grind job with the with the uh, Dremel. And another one was the, ma- the, the mags are dimpled and the, the rim of the bullet is getting caught on those dimples and it's really pain in the butt like if you look at an ak mag there are no dimples on the feed lips but on an ar mag there are dimples on the feed lips and those dimples i don't they don't serve any purpose as far as i can tell so i took one mag and and decided to sacrifice it as an experiment and remove those dimples and man what a job those those mags are just aluminum mm-hmm. they were like so difficult to to drill into and um i i put a grinding wheel into the Dremel and was able to grind the dimples out from the outside because there's no getting inside the mag and the mag was turning red and the cutting wheel oh. was turning red or the grind. oh yeah crazy like hello it's just aluminum so I thought and uh, I've got 10 or 12 rounds here of surplus stuff that uh, Muffin picked up at uh, Cabela's same thing it didn't want to feed and uh, it always seems to be the bullet um, feeding off of the right that jams in all the mags. I changed uh, the followers. I don't know if it's um, Questar that did this, but they have no-tilt followers, like the um, Magpul no-tilt follower, where they have the big leg coming down the front of the follower so it can't tip forward in the mag, or tilt, I guess. That's why they call it no-tilt follower. Well, they <laughs> went in and they chopped those. They chopped the front leg of the follower, and they didn't chop them all the same length, and they've got the springs reinstalled incorrectly. The part of the spring that should hook into the hole at the bottom of the follower, they've swapped them all. So I don't know if they were having a hard time to get 10 rounds in the mag, and this was a way to do it. I have no idea why they did this, but when um, Filthy and I were at the range, I had a mag that Kevin Latham gave me, and it wasn't, it wasn't, I couldn't even fill it. It was, it was messing up. So I dropped in a mag pull, no, no tilt follower, problem solved. No matter what ammo I put in the in that mag on that day, ran great. So I've got a couple more mag pull followers here, so I threw them in. But with this surplus ammo, I couldn't manually cycle the gun. I was getting constant stoppages. Hmm. Have you guys uh, heard of the multi mags that are coming yes. out of the states? Yes. Yeah, that's that's real interesting too. Eh? Yeah, I'm on the fence right now. I'm thinking, you know, simpler is better. I think. Um, you start the more more moving parts you have, the more things to wear out, the more things to break, the more things to foul up. So I'm not sure how I feel about those mags yet. I have to get my hands on them, but it's a neat idea. So um, I ordered a case of Dominion 7.62 by 39 ammo. It's uh, it's 250 bucks a thousand, right? 5.56 is 400 dollars a thousand. Yep. So it's 250 a thousand. It's guaranteed non-corrosive. It's lead core, and it's jacketed hollow point. Nice. Yeah, that's good. Can't beat you, that price. No, I guess not. You can't. What buy. kind of uh, primers? Uh, like, how is it prime? Can you reload it? No. Well, it's steel case. Oh, okay. But so. yeah, and I think it's, I 
think it's Burden. Yeah, it's Burden Prime, so but steel case anyway, so who cares? Yeah. Well at that at price, two, who cares? Yeah, that price, Just shoot yeah. it and drop it, yeah. Yeah, you can't really you can't load up a thousand seven point six two for uh not for that price. No. And and there's the irony. If you try and reload seven point six two, you pay more for the projectiles than you do the five five six projectiles. Hmm. So, Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um so this Dominion stuff, I got it from Canon Ammo, free shipping of course, with tax. There's like forty bucks tax on that. Um I really hope that it that it runs reliably in my mags or I'll do whatever I have to do to my mags to make it work because this is the answer, right? Yep. Two fifty a thousand. <laughs> I actually talked to the president of NEA about getting a longer barrel and a comp and making this my three gun rifle. Yeah, that'd be alright. Yeah. Why not? Brand. What uh, length of barrel is on it now? 14.5. He's got 16.1s in stock. And I'm thinking, hmm, I'd like an 18, but, you know, we're not shooting 500 yards in our matches. No. 16-inch barrel would be lots. 14-inch barrel would be lots for what we do, actually. So, and uh, Jay Hines brought a whole bunch of uh, cartridges for my cartridge collection when he was here for the for the Paraclass. Stuff I've never even seen before. 45 ACP ammo from the 40s. Crazy rimfire rounds that I'd never seen before. Uh, all of it was sitting around in a box for a long time and pretty um, corroded and stuff. I threw it all in my stainless steel tumbler for three hours. Looks factory new. It's amazing. Nice. Yeah, so I'll get that cleaned up, so I'll get that sorted and put in with my other stuff. What was the giant uh, piece of brass that was on Facebook that looked like it like could have been like a howitzer or for a tank or something? You're exactly right. So I've got... Um, I've got a 105 that... That's what I thought it was. Yeah, 105 okay. that Fred brought me. And then uh, Red Ranch sent a, another cannon shell. And this one actually has the projectile in it. Um, it's just been disassembled and the powder and primer taken out of it. Uh, he, he ran into some guy who needed gas money. So he bought this from the guy with the intention of getting it to Canada to give to me for my ammo collection. <laughs> is that crazy or what? That is That's crazy. Cool. That's Red Ranch, man. That's yeah. how he rolls. Nice. Yeah, so he buys the shell off this guy who needs gas money, gives it to Bolivar in Michigan at the Appleseed. Bolivar takes it back to Canada, and then Bolivar delivers it to me at the Paracourse. So that's what he does for you. Now, let's talk about what he does for me. Okay, what did he do for you? Tosses me under the bus for walking into an airplane wing. <laughs> he sure did oh. too, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, that like that cut looked pretty bad. It, it, yeah, it wasn't as bad. It was, there was a lot of blood, but it, it wasn't really that. It was only about a centimeter wide. It was deep, but it was it. Yeah, it was all right. Dude, it's healed needed, up now. I pulled the stitches needed, today. You needed three stitches put in your top lip. Like yeah. that's that's you know Burns tried to move a bus with his head, but you tried to move an airplane with your lip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. So, uh, so the projectile was it a wood dummy projectile or was it metal? It's no. This one is uh, uh, an actual projectile with a steel tip. Wow. Yeah. Because a lot of times those those training rounds or display rounds are wood, and then they paint them. Yeah, but, and that's uh, what I want to get for the 105. If I can yes. find somebody who makes them, that'll be awesome. Yeah, that shouldn't be too hard to make, actually. No, no, it shouldn't be. Um, maybe I get one of the kids to make it at the high school on a lathe. Yeah, yeah, that would work. Okay, let's move into our upcoming events. We've got a couple here and a new one. The re- first reoccurring one is the Carbine Vitals. Ah, oh, Carbine. <laughs> I even made a point, right? Say I know. Carbine. I heard you pause for a second. Carbine <laughs> Vitals 2 Clinic. That's September 4th and 5th. 
And did did you hear back from Daniel yet? Is that in fact a Friday Saturday? Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, I didn't ask him. Okay, I I sent him a message. I didn't hear back from. Him. I okay. thought it was Saturday Sunday. Okay. So I'm pretty sure I'm working that Friday. Okay. So. Um. Yeah. Uh. Well, we'll we'll double check that. I'll send him another message right now and see if he replies. That you carry on though. All right. So so right now it's potentially Friday Saturday or yeah Friday Saturday. We've yeah we've been announcing Friday Saturday all the all all along. Well, and we've I'm been that's a typo. Oh okay. Very good. Carry on then. All right. SummerSlam, um, sponsored by the Canadian Shooting Sports Association, X Metal Targets, and NEA, will be August eighth and 9th. There are fifteen spots left. If you would like to register, please uh, email rustigushgunclub at gmail.com. Woodstock Pistol and Rifle Club are having a raffle. Tickets are 10 bucks. You send an email to WPRC2005 at gmail.com. The proceedings are going to the construction of new range facilities to create multi-user range, which will help promote action shooting. So they're going to expand and put in some pistol bays. Awesome. So you can get a ticket by emailing them. I imagine maybe send, can you send an EMT? Do you know? Yes, I think so. All right, cool. And the Slamfire Radio Black Badge course. That's right. Slamfire Radio is putting on a black badge. We'll be doing it at the Rescuers Gun Club on August 22nd, 23rd. It's going to be an all-star class. Right now we've got John from, um, Calibers Radio Quebec. If apparently that's a show, I don't know. They never put out an episode, but anyway. Um, Tracy Wilson from the NFA, uh, Fred, um, Fred, I guess you could describe him as Filthy Squire. Uh, right, yes. Yeah. Gallon. And uh, we're just waiting on Kelly. Um, Kelly from New Shooter Canada. This is all her idea. And uh, she's trying to back out, but I'm I'm fighting with her uh, daily and trying my darn just to make sure that... So she, she, uh, she, she started it all, but now she doesn't want to come. It was totally her idea, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, I need a black badge. And I'd like to get it from you guys. No problem. I'll put on a black badge for you then. What? Yeah. You're not coming. What? So, come, come on, on, Kelly. Kelly. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. But, yeah, Gallon's going to be in it. And Fred, that's going to be awesome. Yep. And uh, I thought Gallon had his black badge already. Nope. Obviously not. Nope. He took the... Oh, yeah, he just took both handgun classes with Tom is what he did. Yep. That's where I remember him at. Yeah. So, so this way he'll be able to start shooting some Ipsic if he so chooses. So. Yes, sir. That'll be nice. Um. Yeah. All right, so that's it for upcoming events. If you have any upcoming events that you'd like to have right on the show, you can email us at slamfireradio.com, and we'll be happy to share them with our listeners. That, that, that'd be slamfireradio at gmail.com. Whatever. What, yeah, sure. Yeah. What did I say? Slamfireradio.com. Oh, yeah. Which is, a, a, which is a website, not yeah. an email address. But Something like that. Yeah. Whatever. It's okay, man. Yeah, no problem. Mm. Yeah. You want to take this uh, news item here? Sure. This first one was sent in by Sean, and uh, this is the follow-up story on that security guard uh, who shot the, the 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 McDonald's up there. He didn't shoot the McDonald's up. You know <laughs> what I mean, though. <laughs> the, a security guard will not face charges in connection with a double fatal shooting at a Toronto McDonald's in February. Two Toronto men, Donnie and Ryan, 25 and 39 respectively, were killed when they were shot during an altercation with an armed, uniformed private security officer on Danforth Ave, east of Coxwell, at approximately 3 on February 28th. 
Police say the two men were involved in a physical confrontation with a security guard who was working at a nearby location. It is not known who or what provoked the confrontation. The guard was also injured and treated in hospital. The police investigation concluded that there was no reasonable prospect of conviction. Um, I've got a quote here that says, Investigators consulted senior Crown attorneys and provided an overview of the circumstances surrounding the deaths. It was determined that there would be no reasonable prospect of conviction, therefore no criminal charges would be laid. Now that's interesting, and I don't like the way they worded that. He used a legally uh, acquired and and legally carried firearm for self-defense and did so successfully. And all they're going to say is there's no reasonable prospect of conviction. So what they're saying is what he did was still wrong. At least this is, this is how I'm reading into it. What he did was still wrong, but we can't, we can't come up with a reason to put him in jail. So we're going to let him go. No. When we, in we, reality, we can't, we can't guarantee a win. We want to charge him. Yeah. But we can't guarantee that we're going to win. That's so we're right. not going to bother. That's it. Yeah. And, and when in reality, he did something that was perfectly legal. He defended his life. Um, yeah, it was with lethal force, but that's not my fault that he was allowed to carry a gun and, and that's, you know, Donnie and Ryan there shouldn't have attacked him. So I, I just can't stand that even when all of the odds are in, in your favor, he was a uniform security guard who was legally allowed to be carrying a firearm. And even then when he uses it to defend his life, they still are trying to figure out ways to screw him over and to put him in jail, which just blows my mind. I thought here in Canada, self-defense was perfectly legal. It is, but as you can see, they try to rake you over the coals anyway, anytime, any chance they get. A person is not guilty of an offense if the attackers are acting unlawfully. Yeah. They attacked him. They broke the law. He did what was reasonable to defend himself. Any reasonable person would have done the same thing. Exactly. Disparity so, of force, right? There was more of them than there was of him. That's it. So I, you know, I'm I'm happy that this guy is okay. I'm happy he's not being charged. I really wish that our legal system was not so vindictive. Ah, just, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Well, you know, if this had happened in, let's say, a, a, a more gun-friendly state in the United States, certainly the commentary from the police or their version of the crown attorney would be much different than it is here. So, you know, yep. yeah. And the States it, it, wouldn't even, there'd be like, Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and often <laughs> Carry that's, on. what the, that's often what the police commentary is depending yeah. on which state, you know, yeah. the self-defense shooting happens. Well, I mean, I've read stories where, where the police chief afterwards, after an incident basically says, and this is why you don't attack people in this jurisdiction because they're allowed to carry guns. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing is that I can speak to is I know this McDonald's. I haven't eaten at this McDonald's, but I've walked past it many times because I have friends that live about two blocks away from it. So uh, I'm frequently in that neighborhood. Uh, I'm frequently going by there, and I actually remember going by after the shooting, and everything was cordoned off, and there were police blockading everything. And as, as the news sort of slowly filtered out, people in the neighborhood learned that there was a shooting. And then uh, a little bit of time went by, and they learned that it was actually a security guard who was involved in the shooting. Uh, and then a little bit later, as, as time went on, and, and it's funny how slow it seems. It, it's, you know, when you look at the news, it, it doesn't seem that slow. But when you know people who live in the neighborhood, it's days and days before small details leak out. And in the meantime, people sort of conjecture back and forth. Uh, and, and the first conjecture is, oh, my God, you know, this this neighborhood has so many problems with people shooting at each other. And then, oh, oh actually, it was a guard. And, oh, actually, they attacked the guard. 
But the funny thing is, in talking with people who live in the neighborhood, is that they never flipped around to the self-defense side of things. And it all just sort of revolved around there being a shooting in the neighborhood and that being incredibly scary and yeah. guns being incredibly scary. Um, but there was no, there was a, a huge reluctance to have any kind of commentary on the rightness or wrongness of being able to defend yourself. It was like a huge, you know, elephant in the room that everyone wanted to sort of tiptoe around, you know, and I would, I was sort of the only person to say, well, you know, I don't think you guys really have to worry so much. This was not two gang members firing at each other. And, you know, you have to worry about your kids being hit in the crossfire. This is actually someone who was licensed and trained to use that firearm and who was using it in self-defense against people who are committing a crime. Um, and it, and even with that, it's, it's, it didn't really want to sink in. So, um, it's interesting that you can have that kind of event take place in such close proximity where people live and it does not change their mindset, you know? Mm. Yeah. We've got another one actually that we need to touch on really quickly. I forgot to mention it at the top of the show, Matthew. Um, it's, uh, uh, an, it's a story that's still unfolding. Um, so I'll just go through it real quick here. Um, this is from, uh, checks TV, checks television. Uh, I think it's an Ontario website, and it's an update on the Bob Cajun death investigation began with home invasion police. Provincial police released more details Friday about a mysterious death investigation that began early Wednesday morning in a lakeside community south of Bob Cajun. Police said they were called to a home on Falls Bay Road at 4.20 in the morning. Early in the investigation, they said they also learned of a related vehicle 45 minutes north near Carnivoren. Highway 35 near Carnivoren was shut down all day, and the area near Cushog Lake near Falls Bay Road was secured. Late in the afternoon, police removed a body from the home, and Friday they released the name. Robert Lindsay Martin, formerly of Spruce Grove, Alberta, died in that incident. Police say he was an armed intruder to the home. So there's a home invasion in, near Bob Cajun, and the homeowner shot and killed the intruder, who was armed. They have been tight-lipped about the investigation and have not indicted, not, indic, not indicated what relation, if any, the vehicle near um, Carnarvon had to the death. Neighbors have told Newswatch that a young family lives in the home and that the owner of the home is a local businessman. So they're keeping out all the scary language, like, you know, intruders shot and killed in home invasion. <laughs> but that's, in fact, what happened. Um, there's no word yet as to whether or not the homeowner has been charged. So let's keep an eye on this one. And hopefully the homeowner will not be charged. And hopefully they will not uh, punish him with process like this poor security guard. How long ago did that happen in McDonald's? And February. Only, oh, that was, that was, it was, there was snow on the ground. It was yeah. a long time ago. A long time to decide that we're not going to charge somebody for doing nothing wrong. So yeah. here, I have here to we, say though, I think, I think Trevor, you and I talked about this, uh, maybe off, off mic or off recording, but I predicted that this was the way it would turn out. And I think the thing that he had on his side is he is part of the security industry in Canada, which is a huge industry. So instead of being the ordinary Joe who would have to defend himself, uh, this may actually have set precedents 
that would affect how every security company runs mm -hmm. and therefore creating a, a bigger mess than anyone would want to take on. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it sort of worked out the way it kind of had to just because of the, the weight of what was behind uh, the, the circumstances of the guy's employment, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad you were right. Uh, the average this homeowner, is the outcome though, I wanted. This is, this is going to be a different situation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting for sure to see what happens. So, um, I, I maybe they're going to throw the unsafe storage charge at him. You know, he broke in with a gun, and you were able to unlock your safely stored firearm and engage him and win. Impossible. Well, that's what they tried to do with uh, Ian Thompson. Exactly. Yeah, that, yeah. that was that was the argument in court. I was actually in court that day. That was indeed the argument they put forward. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Well then, yeah. then one one didn't somebody say one of the prosecutors say that uh, Mr. Thompson's home was so small that it was impossible for him to uh, properly store the firearm separate from the ammunition. It would never, you know, like they were grasping at straws. They really were, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. How do you? I don't want to go off in a rabbit hole here, but I kind of do. How how they don't even define uh, define in the criminal code what separated is. There's exactly. no definition for that. So exactly. as long as it's not, like in my opinion, if it's not like touching the gun, it's separated from the gun. Yeah, but I mean, that's so dumb because if I have a safe... It's allowed I to be in the same safe. Right. So yeah. why would you say store the gun and the ammo separate, but you can store the ammo with the gun if it's a safe. So it's right. anyway, whatever. All right. It's All dumb. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's carry on. Okay. Well, I got to interject. Uh, just chatting with uh, Daniel Shaw on Facebook. And uh, it is indeed September 5th and 6th, which is Saturday, Sunday, not oh, 4th and 5th. Okay. So we can fix that. He was actually cool with either date, but he said whatever we want. So I said, well, we want Saturday, Sunday. And uh, yeah, so he, he's, uh, yeah, he, he's excited to come back up to Canada and do some more class with us. So um, I'm excited to have him come too. Excellent. So sign up, folks, because there's still room. Yes, there is. All right. So. Okay. Our next news item? Yes. Go ahead. Oh, that's me. Okay. Again. But that's cool. Uh, Senator, and I'm going to butcher this last name, and I'm sorry, um, Céline Hervaux-Payette, I believe, of Bedford, Quebec. Um, she has put forth a bill, which we think may now actually be dead due to a CSSA Facebook post, I think, we saw somewhere, Trevor, something like that. Uh, was, um, one of our the friend of the show said he received a message from somebody at the CSSA saying it was dead. Chris, can okay. you confirm that? Have you heard anything about this bill? Um, we actually, I talked about it with uh, with Peter Dawson the other day and the circumstances actually, of it, but I can't announce whether or not it's dead. Okay, let's back up a second. Let's what talk about is, what the bill is. What, yeah, let's yes, start yeah. there. So what is the bill? What number is it? Cylin is a Quebec senator, so we know it's not a pro-gun bill. <laughs> Does anybody know the then? The number or the name of the I bill? Don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I believe it begins with an S because it started in the Senate. So yep. not all bills have to start out in the House. They can start in the Senate and pass through the Senate and then pass to the House. But they have to go through uh, a, you know approval process in the Senate first. Right. And because of the conservative makeup of the Senate, it was pretty much predicted that the death of this bill was a done deal. However, it uh, you know the bill itself could be resurrected or portions of it pulled out for use if, let's say, the next election were lost by the Conservatives and we got some other form of government. Right. So it, it's, it's, I think it was floated more as a, um, an experiment 
or a blueprint for something, knowing that it would be shot down. Yeah. But its its mere existence forms a template for something else. But I'm I'm sure the article will have the basis of the bill in it. Uh, we didn't actually write have any article. We were just going to talk about the bill oh, itself. Okay. And yeah. uh, what's really it's, chilling is is just the the wording and and some of the things that that she she was trying to. The, the very fact that it exists just scares me that somebody would think of this stuff. Well, the yeah. the the S two thirty one. Okay. Strengthening Canada's security and promoting hunting and recreational shooting. Acts. Yes, that that's that's the weirdest part because when you read the title, it does not match at all what the content is. No, because the title sounds good. It the does. Title sounds like oh, this is a positive thing, but uh, yeah. Let me just give you a little a little snippet here. Um, I am one of those people who believe that people don't kill people. Guns do. Well, there's, there's, there's right off the bat. I'm sorry. You're wrong. Granted, that is the antithesis of the gun lobby's motto. And I pronounced that wrong. That's okay. Antithesis, but that's okay. We knew what you meant. Grand Mariner. However, (laughs) yeah, you nailed it. (laughs) I got a bottle of Grand Mariner in my fridge right now. (laughs) However, unlike the gun lobby, I am not promoting an industry or developing a market. I only want to ensure Canadians' safety. Bill 231 upholds the four reasons for possessing and acquiring a firearms license that are already set out in legislation, namely employment, self-defense, sport, and collecting. However, the difference between my position, as reflected in my bill, and that of some lobby groups is where to draw the line between authorized firearms for those that should be prohibited or whose, whose use should be limited to only shooting clubs. Therefore, to ensure the safety of Canadians, I developed Bill S-231 around the idea that all firearms should be prohibited except those used for sport shooting in a controlled environment such as a shooting club, as well as hunting firearms and those that are collector's items. So So basically what she wants to do is all of the, basically all semi-autos, are going to be stored at the club. You're not allowed to have them at home, and you're only basically going to allow, be allowed to have single-shot shotguns and, uh, and and bolt-action rifles at home. Basically, that's it. Everything yeah, else wants- is stored at the club, and you're not allowed to use anything else for hunting. I mean, she she said very specifically in one of the replies that we got. Um, uh, I think uh, I know Kevin Latham sent a letter and got a reply, and there was another one. I can't remember who it was, Her but replies are chilling. Yeah, she says, why would you want to use an M305? That's an unusual weapon I've for hunting. I've got it right here if you okay, want Okay, yeah, yeah, read it. So this is page two of her reply to uh, uh, a fellow gunny who wrote into her. She says, it would be highly unusual for someone to go deer or moose hunting with the Narinko M305 rifle, the weapon that Justin Bork used on June 4th, 2014. I was glad that you mentioned the Lee Enfield rifle, the gun my father used when he would go hunting for big game. The Lee Enfield is a lateral bolt-action rifle with a 640mm or 767mm barrel, depending on the version. Um, yeah. So, so blah, blah, blah. What I'm hearing is it's okay to use a battle rifle from World War II, but it's not okay, or from World War I, but it's not okay to use a battle rifle from World War II. Right. That's what I'm and, hearing. So, battle rifle and battle rifle, they're both guns from a war. They're both military firearms, but one is definitely more scary than the other. 
Well, actually, the Noriko is not a military firearm. That's okay. A, it's, I don't, it's based it's on a military firearm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the Leaf, Lee Enfield may have actually killed a Nazi or two. Yes, that's right. But, that's uh, right. but I don't know of anyone fighting wars with Norinkos right now. She also takes so. a shot at Dr. Kylan Langman. Furthermore, I question the objectivity of a study conducted by Dr. Kylan Langman, which you cite in your letter. Dr. Langman is a member of the National Rifle Association's Facebook page and has had a long-standing bias against the gun registry. Yeah, but and what she doesn't mention is that Kylan Langman started off anti-gun until he did his study and then realized how silly it was to have gun laws. We've mm-hmm. talked to him before about this. So he, did. He, when, he didn't start off anti-gun. Okay, sorry. Neutral. He was neutral, right, sorry. But he started off, you know, in such a way that he wasn't out to prove that guns were good. He was out to prove whatever was going to be proved. He did it completely neutrally. And, and he talked to gun owners, and he talked to aunties. He found the aunties emotional and illogical, and became a, a gun enthusiast. Um, and contrary to your statement, his claims have been challenged by the scientific community. In fact, the Canadian Association of Emergency Physicians has spoken out in favor of the gun registry, calling it a helpful tool in preventing suicide. Uh, no. Dr. Langman, however, has always been critical of the registry. Oh, you mean the same uh, uh, organization of physicians that's funded by the liberal lobby? (laughs) Not not that same one, is it? (laughs) So in the end, she says, thank you for your letter. It's always a pleasure to hear from Canadians and address their concerns. Um, So it's very important that as gun owners and Canadians, we write to this woman and tell her exactly what we think of her her proposed bill and how it doesn't reflect what we as taxpaying, law-abiding Canadians want. What was the name of the bill again? In a polite and factual manner. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. S-231. S-231. So Google that, Canadians and Americans, if you like, S-231, the the Senate bill, um, and you'll find her name and her contact info there and write her a very polite letter refuting uh, her logic because she doesn't have any. And, it, well, I don't want to say she doesn't have any, but on this topic, go, yeah. it doesn't seem to be. You can go to her webpage, and the bill is, like, right there on yeah. her webpage. So, so write her and let her know why you don't agree with it. And I, like, uh, I like that Facebook page affiliation is, uh, is something to shoot a person down on, that he, yep. he liked the NRA's Facebook page. It's sort of yep. like... Not even close to actually being a paid member of the organization. It just he know, liked their page. I I like that. And yeah, they're trying to uh, maybe lol cats as make well. Them, yeah, they can't they <laughs> they can't call him out as a member, so they're grasping at straws. Right, it's the best they got. Well, he he he's liked the Facebook page of the NRA. Oh, you know, like you said, big difference between liking that page and actually being a member. He 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 won't be a member of the NRA. Because yeah. he knows full well it's something that they would try and use against him. Yeah, and they're yeah. they're already using this against him, and he's just yeah, like it's like you said, Trev, grasping him at straws is what they're doing. Well, yeah. He's he's also Langman is also an incredibly well spoken mm. man, uh, excellent studies. I actually heard him speak in person at a CSSA meeting, and he went through all of the statistics or all the the statistics he thought were relevant to the crowd at hand, and did an amazing presentation. And everything is very well researched and uh, and well reasoned. And his wife is uh, incredibly hot. So, <laughs> all right, good to know. And uh, yeah, yeah. Huh. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, he listens, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, okay. it's complimentary. Okay. Right. Good. Right. <laughs> and you know, he's got an RFB, right? What's a? Oh, okay. 
All right. <laughs> Those two things out there. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else, Matthew, for uh, news? Uh, no, that covers it for news. All right. Do we want to skip our main topic this week because we're kind of running long? Yeah, we're getting a little long in the tooth here. So, yeah, let's jump into listener feedback and we'll save what our happens. main topic for, for next week. That's what happens when Anderson crashes the show. Yeah. Oh. 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 Dr. Pepper and Scotch. <laughs> oh, speaking of Anderson, did you hear the latest Dirk McGurk email sent into Action Shooting Radio? No, no. Actually, you know what? Speaking of Dirt McGurk, there was a, a CGN meetup about two weeks ago in Toronto, mm-hmm. and we all went to the Longest Yard Pub and got together with other, you know, fellow Toronto area CGNers, and uh, you know, we hung out. But I kept saying, "When's Dirty gonna get here?" He said he was coming, and he showed up after everyone left. So figures. I right. went to Jane and Finch with them. He had some business to handle. So we rolled out to Jane and Finch, but uh, yeah, everybody, sorry you missed him. If you'd stayed like an extra half hour, you would have you would have seen him. What are the chances? What are yeah. the odds? Did you get a picture with him? Uh no, 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 no pictures. Okay. Yeah, next time do that. Next time get a selfie you and him together, okay? All right, all right, I could do that. But what, what were you saying? There's a letter from Dirt McGurt. Oh, he wrote into Action Shooting Radio. Oh, okay. No, yeah. I, I don't know. I'll have to listen to that to always, always hear what he said. I'm sure it started off yo yo yo. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> that's how it starts. But I am not Dirt McGirt. I will we know. say I, we, I will yeah. say I yeah. am not. On yeah. the record. Yeah. Yeah. There actually is a real Dirt McGirt. We yeah. And I've met him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So I'll take the first one here, Matthew. Sure. Uh listener feedback time. From Rick and Jess. Dear Slam Fire Radio crew and your wives. Just wanted to say thank you for another outstanding weekend. They're the best mini vacations we like to take. Lots of shooting, laughs, food, and good friends. We always look forward to the trip from London. Special shout out to Filthy for those burgers, Jewel for story time, and the best wife ever, Christina, for putting up with us. See you all soon. Cheers, Rick and Jess. Awesome. I love having them around. They're awesome. I agree. And Rick always knows how to drag some of the best shooters Ontario has to offer. Yeah. <laughs> like, when the first time he brought, uh, Alex, I was like, oh man, this Alex kid's awesome. Alex, you got to come back. You got to come back. And anyway, it's kind of like, I think he was happier to have Alex here than me. <laughs> this time I was like, Alex, you're yesterday's news, man. Nobody cares about you anymore. This Dean Elliott kid, he's the man. <laughs> he could really get after it. Yeah, he could. He was a good shooter. Oh man, I guess. Crazy. Yep. Self taught. Yep. Scary. It can be done. Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, so Rick and Jess, thank you so much for uh, the email, and we're just happy that you were able to make it again, and even happier that you had a good time. So, see you at the next one, I hope. I hope so, too. Mm. In Ontario, right? Well, uh, just the next qu- anything. Th- quite uh, yeah. Po- yeah, the next charity shoot quite possibly could be in Ontario, yes. Yeah, uh, Rick's going to try and help make it happen. I think Kelly, George, they're they're working on something. Uh as much as I'd love to have it back here with next year being SummerSlam 10. Yeah, it's going to be busy here. Yeah. Be much better there. Yep. But if it doesn't happen, we will not let a charity shoot not happen. That's right. We'll make sure that it happens one way or another. Cool. All right. I'll uh, read this next one from Greg then. Hi, guys. Just thought I would send you an email telling you how much I enjoyed the recent para course at the range in Restigouche, New Brunswick. Tom Nelson is an amazing instructor and a great guy as well. As I lead a busy life with work and a young family, there is little time to practice the fundamentals of handgun shooting, and I usually just end up grabbing my gear and head off to shooting competition and my results show. 
Tom reinforced the sight picture and trigger press with various drills, as well as took me out of my comfort zone with drills like the speed rock. Hey, homie, is that my cre- briefcase? <laughs> that was a great drill. Um, anyway, it was nice to meet you, Matthew, and I already know that Trevor, or that Trevor guy, he was my black badge instructor. I hope I get another tran- uh, chance to train with Tom. Love the podcast. Keep up the good work, guys. Greg. P.S. I'm not sure if you noticed, but you beat Trevor in the IDPA match by 11 seconds. Greg, I had forgotten all about that. Thank you. Thank mm. you for reminding me. Yeah, that Greg, he's a great guy. It was nice of him to, uh, nice <laughs> to do that. Greg, so, you, you know that, uh, have you seen the movie Collateral? Um, oh, I, yeah, I love that movie. Yes, you remember that part where Tom Cruise gets his briefcase stolen by those two guys? And he goes, oh, yo, yeah. homie, that my briefcase? And then the guy's like, yeah, what are you going to do about it? And puts a gun in his face. And then Tom Cruise bats the gun out of his face, grabs his gun, shoots the one guy from retention, and then shoots the other guy two to the chest, one to the head as he goes down. So and I think Tom, he comes back for a final one on the, the first guy. May, he, he might have. Yeah, so I don't remember. Twice but anyway, Tom taught us how to do that. So we grabbed our gun, shot it from retention at a guy, and then extended and shot two more in the chest and one in the head on the on the target beside it was really cool and we actually incorporated that into one of the idpa matches which was or uh, stages which is really really fun did you have to say the line before yes you... yes we were uh, yeah yo home that's that, cool. so it's it's shooter ready and, it, and normally you say shooter ready but it was shooter ready and you go yo homie that my briefcase and then beep <laughs> you know it's funny because they do that in cowboy action oh yeah oh yeah do, uh old yeah. cowboy movie Right. They'll have a line before each stage that you have to say from the movie, and then you go. So uh, kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, kind of. It was fun. Greg, so. um, Greg showed up with three other Miramichiers, um at our match here in Rescuish on Saturday, and one production. So oh, good for him. Greg. Yeah, good job, Greg. He was in my in my squad and uh, shot a good match, nice and fast. But his M and P is causing a problem. So I'm going to throw it out there in case any of the listeners have experienced this and know a fix. He's left-handed and Harold Harold wrote him all day. You're still shooting from the wrong side, I see. <laughs> Harold would Harold would go up to uh to be his range officer and he'd forget and he'd go to the right side and then load and make ready and the gun would come up from the left side and he'd have to switch anyway. So um Greg reversed the mag catch on his M P to the left side because he's a left-handed shooter. And as a result now his followers are getting jammed on the mag catch groove or slot rather that's in the mag body. So as the follower comes up, it's now suddenly snagging on the, uh, on the slot that's cut in the mag magazine body. And this never happened before when his mag catch was set up for a right-handed shooter. I've not experienced it in my MMP. I talked to Brian Bolivar. He has not reversed his mag catch, so he's not experienced it. So if there's anyone out there shooting an MMP9 who's reversed their mag catch to the left side and has experienced a follower getting jammed in the magazine um, and knows if there's a cure for it other than putting it back to the other side, could you uh, write in and let us know, please? Cool. All right, then. All Why right. You bring us this last one from uh, Mr. Patton. All right, Mike Patton. Gentlemen, first off, love the podcast. Just gave you a five-star review on iTunes. Thank you. Your check is in the mail. Yes. S- second, <laughs> I will be purchasing my first handgun in the near future. 
Not a Glock. Eh, Sorry. That's it. Sorry. Let's move on. End of email. <laughs> uh, too much. Too much Glock hate on this show. Like, no Glock love. It's Glock. Well, yeah, love. you know what I mean. It's yeah. you gotta you gotta embrace some other pistols sometimes. That's why I bought six polymer pistols this year because yeah, I only love Glock. Right. Come on. <laughs> um, not a Glock. Sorry, they just don't feel good in my hand, and that, and and that, that's just it. For that's fine. People, yeah. That's absolutely fine. Not not ever. Never mind. I was gonna be disparaging again but i'm not going to carry on he says i wonder i was wondering how much range time you would recommend if any before signing up for a black badge course uh I, m- more I, than if any yeah I, <laughs> yeah I, I recommend um between 500 and a thousand rounds on your gun you should be proficient in loading unloading clearing malfunctions and you should be able to get decent accuracy with yep. uh, with the gun I'm assuming it isn't something I should jump into until I've put several hundred or a thousand rounds uh, through the pistol and I'm fairly comfortable with it. Any advice is greatly appreciated. Hopefully you guys will come out west to Calgary someday and I will be able to thank you in person and buy you a beer or three or 13. Best regards and much respect, Mike Patton. So Mike, get out to the, get out to um, a gun range with your gun and try and find an instructor um, and I do, I do mean an instructor, not just somebody. Not Joe who's, Blow, who's there. Yeah, yeah. Try and find somebody who's actually an instructor, preferably a black badge instructor. Have them show you how to grip the pistol accordingly, grip and stance, sight alignment, trigger press. Go through all these things with the instructor, um, and learn how to run the pistol. Learn the manual of arms of the pistol. Do you? Um, are you going to be using the slide lock? Are you going to be gripping and ripping the slide with your support hand? Um, how to do uh, a mag change? Yeah, There's figure some... all that stuff out before you go to the black badge. The black badge is there to teach you how to play Ipsic. It's not there to teach you how to run your gun. So you should already know how to run your gun and be good with it. Uh, you don't need to be a marksman. You don't need to be, you know, shooting dimes out of the air with it or anything no, silly like safe that. Safe and comfortable. That's it. Be safe and comfortable and be able to get your hits. And and practice out to 25 yards. Mm-hmm. Wow, so, really? That far, guys? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. We do so, we do kneeling and prone in the black badge at those distances. Yep. So just practice different positions. Practice, you know, shooting offhand, shooting, uh, obviously offhand, sorry, uh, weak hand, and then strong hand. So practice shooting both ways, one-handed, two-handed, everything. Just practice. Be, be proficient is basically what we're trying to say. Be, be good with your gun already, and then go to the Black Badge and learn how to play Ipsic. Mm. Now, that being said, in the Black Badge course, we do go over how to draw the firearm. We do go over how to grip the firearm. We do go over stance. These things are revisited, if you will. They're not necessarily introduced for the first time, um, but the, the, they do show. we do briefly show some, some proper techniques that will help make you a better shooter. But it's not a shooting class where we teach you how to shoot per se. We, like Matthew said, we teach you how to shoot the game of Ipsic safely. Yep. Um, all right, iTunes reviews. Do we have yes, one? Yes, we have uh, possibly three. Oh, wow. wow. I don't yeah. remember if Did we... Did check both American and Canadian? No, just reviews? Canadian. Just right, Canadian for now. It is a bountiful crop for Canada. Did we read the one where... Well, I'm going to read it. It's from Petamocto. And okay. he, he writes, it was in June 26 is when he sent it. Um, and he writes, uh, for over a year, I thought about how I could be a troll and break the five-star streak, but ultimately my inner jester lost out to my integrity. Did we read this one? Nope. Okay. I, I don't know that one. Okay. So, 
Um, he he had been emailing us for a while and saying, "I'm going to give you a four star, not a five yeah, yeah. star." You, you know what? That that gets you instant ban from iTunes. Yeah, that's what I was going to do if he if, <laughs> he didn't. He was cool. He says, "Whatever you call them, the three amigos, the three musketeers, or the three tards." Oh, <laughs> they have legitimately earned a perfect rating. It's a rare thing to find an entertaining show that's also informative. And what got them the fifth star was being the last remaining podcast that's not sponsored by Squarespace. So, th- thank you. And, you got and, it. and, and he, I just, I just noticed this. The title of the review is Better Than Junk. <laughs> well, we, yes, so, we are. So, Petamocto, thank you so much for the five star review. We really appreciate it. Uh, uh, this next one comes to us from Mike, and this is the one that uh, we just got the email from, Mike uh, P3 or P403, uh, and he titles his Great Podcast. See, Petamocto, that's how you title it, Great Podcast, not Better Than Junk. But, you know, whatever is what it is. Uh, he writes, as a new shooter, lots of great info. Delivered on an informal format, if you feel, uh, you feel like you're sitting at the kitchen table with guys having a good conversation with a cold beer. Highly recommended. So thank you, Mike. We do appreciate that. And uh, beer's on you. All right, Jeff? Mm. Thir- 13, you said? Mm-hmm. Right. There you go. Um, this next one comes to us from Cinderella 07. So I'm not entirely sure um, who this is, but um, there's a clue. He he starts it off with, The Empire Rocks. <laughs> uh. and, and then, then he his review is, Do you guys still give out T-shirts for free for a five-star review? Not sure if we ever did that. I'm I'm not sure either, but for a five star review, I'll give you Trevor's T shirt. Hmm. So uh those are the Canadian ones. Did we have any new American ones, Trevor? Did you get to it? Nope. The it's the newest one is still March twenty seventh, since the gentleman from Texas. Okay. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That was a good one too. It was a good one. Um yes. all right, let's shout get outs. into shout outs. I've got two. Uh one to friend of the show, uh Jay Hines. Um yeah, man. You know why I'm shutting you out. So just do what you got to do. Next one to Brian Bolivar. Brian, we're thinking about you. So you do what you got to do. And if yep. you need something, you know where to find us. And you've got the next one. Uh, yes, for, to Toby and Melissa. Uh, Toby and Melissa sent their check. Actually, it was a money order, a Canadian money order, because they're American for their T-shirts. And they sent extra. And so that extra, they asked specifically to be uh, to be donated towards the charities of this year. And so a big shout out to Toby and Melissa. They weren't able to make it up to the charity shoot, but still contributed to the fund. So thank you very much to you two. You are class acts. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Yeah. I got a couple of shout outs. Go. So, uh, Let me guess. The off, first one's to Dirty. Yeah. Yo, homie. My homie Dirty. <laughs> yo, what's up, Dirty? I'll see you at the next CGN meetup. And uh, I'd like After to send a shout out. Yeah. Hey. And I, well, you know, we we get up late, right? <laughs> and then uh, I'd like to send a shout out to everyone who ca- came to the uh, the most recent uh, CGN meetup. It was nice to meet some new people, see some familiar faces that I hadn't seen in a while. Uh, also, got to say hi to Ten X. Uh, it's great to see you at uh, Firearms Outlet Canada's uh, grand opening. Also, got to say hi to Bon and the guys who run the shop. Uh, also, great to see you guys as well. Uh, it was fantastic to see you having your own store. So, congratulations on that. Uh, I got to say hi to uh, Dixon, who who was also there. Mike. Uh, Dixon? Uh, no, no, it's a different Dixon. <laughs> uh, photography Dixon. 
Uh, it's great to see you. I hadn't seen you in a long time. Uh, I also got to send a shout out to the gentleman. I don't remember his name who was there from uh, Wounded Warriors. They're doing some charity fundraising at the store opening. I made a donation and many other people did as well. But I think in the past week he'd had something like five or six different events that he'd gone out to. Uh, and he was, uh, I think he's active duty Canadian forces and served in Afghanistan. So he's doing his part to sort of uh, fundraise and, and do the charity work that helps bring in the money to help our uh, wounded veterans. So uh, big shout out to him. Thank you very much. It was great to meet you. And it was lovely to see you at that event. Uh, and also want to send a shout out to uh, Market Trigger Wholesale. Uh, great to meet you. Uh, it was a fantastic time. And maybe the guys could get you to be on the show real soon. Talk about some cool stuff. So, yeah, those are my shout outs. Cool. Uh, Shout out to you too, uh, Chris. Actually, um, we can, can you give shout outs to the people who are on the show? I am. If you, we just have to shout. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Mute your mics, folks. Here we go. <laughs> no, Chris. Um, it, I want to thank you in person. We've thanked you through social media and on the show, but um, you couldn't make the charity shoot. But once again, you helped make the charity shoot. Oh possible. yeah, you're yeah. Your, you know, your uh, trophies were awesome. Given the choice, I'd rather have you there than Correct. trophies. Yes. But those trophies were awesome, and they really helped add to the to the event, and everybody appreciated them, and it certainly helped elevate the uh, the event by sending people home with some really special mementos. So thank you very much, man. It, it means a lot to us. It meant a lot to the people who received them. And you're a, class, you're, you're a classy guy, man. You're a stand-up dude, and, uh, you know, having Canadian podcasting is definitely better off for having you on scene. That's, that's for sure. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. And I think, um, the important thing to keep in mind is, is do what you can when you can. And, uh, you know, I, we're all going to have events in our lives that, you know, we, sometimes we have to prioritize and take time away from other things. And right now is one of those times for me, I've been stuck in a mode where I've, I've just had to concentrate on work. And so I can't dedicate a huge amount of time to the things that I really, love to do, like the podcasting or getting out to events and stuff. But uh, I always try and do what I can. And if we all do that, um, it, it just it keeps that connection alive to our friends and to the sport and to what we love. And, uh, and, and then when it's time to get back together and back into it, when you have the time, you can jump right back in with both feet. It, it's not like you feel like a, you're a stranger or that you've lost touch or anything like that. Your friends are still there. The people that you care about are still there. Your sport's still there. Everything is still there. So I just recommend to anyone who's like me and finds themselves pressed for time or money or whatever other resource it is, do what you can when you can and just keep it warm. And the time will come when you'll be able to jump in and participate fully again, uh, you know, when, when, whenever fate intervenes. Well, we're hoping your time is coming soon, buddy. It's nice that you are at least maintaining a presence kind of in the fringe, not too far away from us, you know. But we want you to move closer and more active whenever you can. Yeah, well, maybe if the charity shoot comes to Ontario, you know, mm. that would be uh, kind of a cool thing. Mm. Coordinate with the so. uh, with the Ontario crew and, and see if there's something that you can do to help them make it happen. I mean, you've got some connections and... Hopefully it'll uh, spend a spend a year in Ontario, and then I'd like to I'd like to go back and forth again, you know, because it gives one group a break, right? Yeah, yeah. And the other thing too is, I mean, we I think you you guys would like a nice outdoor range, right? You so. know, I mean, I, I think it's going to be very difficult to find um, a range in Ontario that you can literally 
take over the way we take over Restigush. Yeah. They're, that that uh, executive is very supportive of what we do, and we take control of the entire facility, and we offer three different disciplines, and that's going to be challenging. I mean, when um, it was at Galt, that was pretty darn fine, but it's going to be difficult to find something like that that you can you know, reserve, reserve for free, that's going to offer multiple disciplines. Um, because, and the simple fact is this, it's not that our ranges in New Brunswick are better. It's that we're underpopulated and our ranges are, are pretty much empty in Ontario. Those ranges are busy. And oh, they are, they are, they are absolutely full. Um, so yeah, it's hard to, to get permission to tell us, yeah. you know, 600 members that they can't use the range that day unless they're using it specifically for this event. Yeah, and when I say full, I mean just not accepting members at exactly. all. I exactly. mean you can tr- you can draw like a four-hour circle on a map around Toronto, and yep. they're all full. So yeah, it'll be a challenge. Yep, but it doesn't necessarily have to be in Toronto either. No, no. Oh, absolutely. We can have another community. Yeah. Yeah. So very good. Anything else, Matthew? No, I think we're good. Let's wrap this puppy up. All right. So listeners, please check out the Crusader Podcast Network at crusaderpodcast.com. Find lots of great shows from both sides of the border. Join any or all of our national farms associations. It's important to support them because they are trying to support us when they're not fighting amongst themselves and self-destructing. Sorry. Um, check out Gun Owners of Canada because it's cooler than CGN. And like us on Facebook. We have 1,240 and counting. We're barely staying ahead of the Arms Girls Project, so come on. They say it's not a competition. It's totally a competition. I bet you've left the library in the dust, though, right? Oh, yeah. Long gone. (laughs) Big time. Yeah. So thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, Get out there. Take somebody shooting. Tell what next week. I'm the Frelate. I'm the warning shot. I'm double a buck. (laughs) (laughs) See you next week, everybody. Take care. Bye. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun. I also would have accepted I'm not dirty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I shower daily. Oh, there you huh. go. Hello and welcome to Slam Fire Radio for June 20th, episode one. No, stop. No. <laughs> it's been so long I can't even remember how to do an intro. Okay, I got it. You sure? You got it this time. Hello and welcome to episode 116 of Slam Fire Radio. There you go. 100, 116, I believe is the correct way to yeah. say that. Was it the name of the show, then the episode number, or the episode number, then the name I, of the show? It, I don't know if we have a formula. You can say it however you okay. like. <laughs> All right. Here we Hello, go. and welcome to Modern Rifleman Radio. No, no, no we're not going to do that. <laughs> I'm Chaz Murray. I'm not even on this show, but here I am. Holy oh, jeez. Can't get the words out. Hello, and welcome to Slam Fire Radio. Eps- this is episode... <laughs> 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 I am so glad this is all recorded. Hmm. <laughs>